Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Review Show here on New Zealand Sports Radio. Yes, we come at, at you every Sunday at 8pm, reviewing all of the action from the weekend. This weekend we have got Bledisloe Cup action and we might even talk about some of the action um, other than, um, because I've got a funny feeling that talking about cards will take up a fair chunk of the show. Um, we also have the Probables versus Possibles um, that uh, uh, played on Saturday. Uh, we also, um, as well as a whole host or a full round of Mitre 10 Cup games to go through as well. There's also been some Super Rugby unlocked, some Top 14 and Pro 14. But a funny feeling that between Ashwin, myself and uh, Cornflake, we probably haven't seen any of those Super Rugby Top 14 or Pro 14 games. And so we won't, probably won't be discussing those too much. Maybe a score update for you if you're really lucky. Otherwise, though, it's going to be um, a lot of talk around cards, isn't it, Stephen? Oh, come Steve, on right. now. Don't, don't be like that. So there's this whole whole host of stuff to talk about. I mean, how many weeks has it been since I've been on here? I mean, I've, I've been building it all up now. I've got a, a whole host ready to unleash um, the fury. But hey, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, I'm Look, sure. I've, I've, had, I've, had, I've had to put boundaries around John O'Connor because he goes off on, on down, down tunnels. This is the review show where we just review the games. If you want to put all your pent-up stuff, then you've got to come on the Driving Mall show on a Tuesday night where we talk about all the hot topics in rugby, such as, uh, yes, should you have red cards or not? We're not going to go into that one tonight. Um, what else are we going to talk about on that one? I've gone blank. Oh, yes, COVID and the All Autumn's Nations Cup. There's a whole stack of things that we'll be talking about on the uh, Driving Mall show on Tuesday night. But tonight, Stephen, Steve, you have to stick to the games. Okay. You sure? You, you, good. Go the stags. Go the stags. Exactly. <laughs> Um, and uh, Arshwin, are you so um, unlike <laughs> Steve, <laughs> and I both actually been at grounds this weekend amongst the people in the stands? We are down with the real supporters of rugby, um, and uh, uh, so you've been giving to the, the grand old lady Eden Park this weekend. I have, I have took the family along. Unfortunately, um, as I said to Aiden while we're sitting in the stands, it's like, Ugh. Didn't bring mum, mum and sister to the right game, did we? It was a, it was a bit of a dog of a game. 
<laughs> oh, we had a few of those this weekend, let's be honest. Um, don't forget, folks, if, you, uh, if you're watching this the recording or listening to the podcast, you can join us live uh, and put some ask us questions in the live comments um, and uh, we will get through those as well. So good evening, Simon. Um, great to see you joining us on YouTube, but you can also join us on Facebook or Twitter um, as well and ask and put your comments through there. So I guess there's only one place to start, folks, and that is the um, Bledisloe Cup, isn't it? Um, Conflate, what did you make of uh, the commentators saying, how could this Wallabies team that lost last weekend play so well this weekend? Ah, oh, well, you're feeding straight into my comics post-match, aren't you? I, I wrote on that. It's, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll go back to, you could probably talk about commentary for that whole test match. I mean, normally, old, old Marshall and, and that, they are, I guess, a fairly little bit biased um, towards your black set, but they seem to be uh, quite biased, I think, in this whole test match. I'm sure we'll talk about the whole card situation, things about that later on. But you're yeah, talking about that, how can the Wallabies, you know, the fight back that they, they charged to bring this team, the same team that got smashed by 38 points, they've, they've charged back and they've shocked the All Blacks. And but let's be honest, there was a whole host of changes in both of those teams that it was almost really barely recognisable from either of those two sides, um, a, a ground that obviously Australia has a good record on. I don't think last weekend, yes, their confidence took a big hit, but I think the Wallabies have, have learned a lot. Uh, they've, they've brought a lot of youth into this team. And a lot has, has grown in that side. And I think um, the team that loses always has a lot more to learn than the team that won. So the Wallabies have seen that match last week. They got pumped pretty bad. And they've learned, learned a lot from that. Uh, the All Blacks said, oh, gee, we played pretty well. You know, here's a little touch-up things here or there we need to do. Uh, the Wallabies completely you know, went for something different. They changed a lot of their side, a lot of their players, a lot of the way they played as well. Um, and, and it paid played dividends for them. I mean, a lot of us pretty sitting here going, what are they doing in that number 10 jumper? Uh, they, they got two very similar players in their midfield. Um, who's, you know, Lockie Swinton? Uh, a lot of question marks about that team. But as a squad, I think as a unit, they, they developed, they learned, and they actually built quite nicely on the previous week. And, and that... Came quite nicely, I think, for them in this matchup. And yeah, you got to you got to give them the credit um, how they came into that game and how they performed. No, you're muted, Paul. <laughs> got too many computers going. Oh no, <laughs> um, we will get on to red and yellow cards later. Um, mm. But um, yeah, you do have to give the Wallabies credit. They, they make them get, it is a very different side. Um, I'll be honest, I was like. Who, why, why are you playing Reese Hodge at, at um, yeah. why are you playing Reese Hodge at 10? Um, yeah, and look, he, he stepped up, had a good game, um, a much better combination in the centres this week. Uh, and look, the, 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 yeah, the Wallabies did come out a, a much improved side, but um, yeah, they were, they were two very different, two very different selections um, as well as sides from last weekend, weren't they? And key areas as well, uh, like like talk about that midfield. But I think on the on the flip side of that, for the All Blacks, of course, that midfield uh, for them, which I mean, Jack could you cops on a flak, doesn't he? And um, you know, from us armchair critics, I I can't agree with it at all. I think he, the work he does off the the spotlight um, is instrumental to the way that team plays. And and defensively, he misses one or two, but I think structurally in that backline, he holds us together very very well. And I think they missed that. Um, you know, you got to feel sorry for a lot of people, and I guess we'll be talking about that later. But you know, Akira Yohani, <laughs> he, he comes in. I mean, oh, you got to feel sorry for the poor guy. But you know, 
they had that sort of system going in that back row that was working quite well. So a lot of changes, a lot of big areas that that work kind of just flipped. And I mean, do we go back to this discussion again of, you know, maybe Richie Moanga ain't so bad at number 10 after all, is he? <laughs> oh, but look, Reese Hodge is... Reese Hodge is someone that, yeah, you park that one for a second. We'll come back to that. Um, Reese Hodge um, is someone that um, we think boom, booming kick, strong tackler, strong runner. And that's pretty much it. But he showed a bit of finesse with chips over um, and, and some game control, which I thought, which, which I say, really, really impressed by, by him this time. He doesn't get to play 10 very often. Uh, he doesn't play 10 for his, because uh, for, 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 for the Rebels, because that's where Matt Tamur plays. Uh, he's played, he started for the, for the, um, Wallabies were two years ago, I think, in a uh, number 10. So he hasn't played for internationally at 10 for ages as well. So, um, look, good on him for that one. Um, there. Um, the um, uh, Aaron says, look, the All Blacks showed a total lack of composure um, during that game. And, Ashwin, that was one of the things that you were talking about during that, because uh, Ashwin and I watched the game together. But you were talking about, look, when, why are you kicking the ball away when you've got a man up? Um, they, they were, the decision-making for the All Blacks was horrible, wasn't it? Absolutely horrible. Um, it's just like, it, it just didn't add up with the situation of the game, um, what was happening in the game. Um, and as you said, like the, the obvious one was that you're man up and you're kicking the ball away. You just don't kick the ball away when you're man up, basically. And there's opportunities on the field. Yep. The, um, wow, this is, uh, this, 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 this is very reserved, Ashwin, today. I was going to talk about uh, the Reese Hodge. I mean, we would refer to it... Okay. Um, is uh, while we're watching the game. And, and it's a shame that um, Stephen Harris can't make it on the show today because he'll probably get this a bit more. Steve Cornflakes might, might, might remember. But, you know, I think we um, underestimate a steady um, first five that doesn't do anything wrong. And I go back to All Blacks having someone like Simon Colhane back in the day. And it's just like he was not a flashy first five, but he did the right things. And he brought the team in the right parts of the field and got the team moving forward. You don't have to have a flash first five if they execute what they need to do really well and do their basics pro, um, really well. So, and that's what Reese Hodges and um, I, I've often sort of said. I mean, he's got a massive boot. Um, it, it makes sense to have him at ten. I, I know Nocturnals. He says he talked about it last week. Obviously, I wasn't on the show last week. But uh, look, if you're in trouble, what better than to give it to Reese Hodges, kick kick the living daylights out of it down the other end of the field. You know, it's 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 a great tactic. What I found about that whole Wallabies backline, though, you look at that backline and, and the last four tests now, uh, but say before this one, the three beforehand, who have been the real standout players? Um, that first test, Nick White, uh, he was uh, phenomenal. Um, Paisami and Pattaya, those two guys consistently, when they've played, they have come in and out of the team, but especially Pattaya, Massive, massive trouble. He he is a phenomenal player, excellent player. Um, up there, he'll be a wallaby, and he'll be a wallaby great in ten years' time or fifteen years' time, however long he plays for, provided he stays injury free, of course, through that. But he a takes laugh. a lot of attention, doesn't it? Reese Hodge has a lot of guys out there that he can just give the ball to and and get him out of trouble. Um, getting rid of that sort of playmaker, yeah. theory sort of player at twelve, like the Simonis and that sort of guy. Yeah, it's given to that. You just got guys that's just going to smash up, make your meters, break tackles, and get you that go forward momentum. Hey, the defense has gone backwards. They've said, hey, now I've got space, I've got time, I can kick. Um, and you've got to watch out for Nick White because he is 
a guy that has been consistently fairly good throughout the series as well. I think that had played in the hands as well. The All Blacks had to watch. They they couldn't go, Chris Hodge, you're our target. We're going to absolutely pummel you through that corridor. Uh, they had to watch out because, yeah, yeah, Paisami and Pattaya, uh, fantastic combination. Those guys are great to watch. I'm I'm actually going to go the other way a little bit in terms of the uh, All Blacks um, sort of side of things. And it's just like, that was a very different All Black side to a week ago. Um, You know, and and, and the fact is that that's an All Blacks team that hasn't had combination time going. Um, You're talking about Bowden. I know we'll come to Bowden Barrett and Richie Moanga a bit later, but, you know, a guy that hasn't been in the saddle of 10 um, for a few weeks and uh, at that level as well. So, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's sort of like, and full credit to the opposition and Smash and Bro and all that. But um, really, re- realistically speaking, it's, you know, can you can you go too hard on that all-black side? Nah, you can't. I mean, at the end of the day, they lost by two points, and, and it's a new combination. And they gained a lot. Like, all the players that got their debuts, they got time, they got start. Yeah. And, and, like, are they and playing another- on together at that level as well? And so... Th- what do you what what have they lost? Okay, in the record books, we'll say a two point loss to Australia. Yeah, but what exactly. it gains is all these guys getting, and, I, and you learned a lot too. There's a, yeah. a lot learned about that atmosphere. Uh, player down now. Okay, where does the mindset go? Oh, hang on, we're back on level peaks. How does that affect how we play? How does that affect what you do, what he does, and but just the mindset, the mental part. But you mentioned one player and uh, who had the unfortunate debut, and that's um, Akira Iwani, and it's just like you know. What what you learned there was the fact is that you, you know for you know the maligned Akira Iwani at Super Rugby level is actually up to international level because in that first twenty minutes before he had to take the walk off to the um, seats, he was the standout All Black on that field. Um, now, Adi Sevier came into the game later. He played he played very well, but what we have seen is a more mature Akira Iwani this season. We oh, have sure, sure. Yeah, but, 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 oh, hang on, hang on, Paul. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Paul. But he's still, he's still outside of Auckland. They're still having a go at how he's a show pony and doesn't do the hard work. Even though he's played how many minutes of rugby, he doesn't get subbed, all that sort of stuff. He still gets maligned as the player who is a show pony and doesn't put in the hard yards. Last night, we saw at the beginning of a game, he was making yards in a fresh defence. And he's the only All Black that was making yards in a fresh defence. So what you saw is that when you've got a back row backup that can come in and take the place of a severe, of a Hoskins, a Subtutu, um, and obviously a Scott Barrett if he's on a blind side or whoever you're starting with, your Frizzell or whatever. So, you know, you've got backup there and it's a quality backup, not just somebody that's making up numbers. We are not starting with Scott Barrett at number six ever again. <laughs> that's right. that I was waiting happening. for that. Hey, if, uh, if we're doing commiserations for players from that test match, can we do a small short one for Will Jordan as well? <laughs> for, well yeah, Will, we'll send you a videotape so you can remember your time on the field. <laughs> oh, that that sucks. I mean, Akira's was a bit, oh, that was unfortunate. But hey, what did he get, 20 minutes or so? Oh, poor Will Jordan comes in, one tackle. Hello, Hoopa. hello, fairies, <laughs> and then see you later. Oh, poor guy, I feel sorry. I, I was excited by that what that bench had to offer. He had some real X factor guys in there that could single handedly change a game. I, I'll probably talk about it later, but I feel they were a little bit too late, and the impact was muted by things like that. But yeah, that that was the end of the game. We'll get there. Oh, by, by Dane McKenzie coming on first time, boom! Hello, Corabetti's right in your face. Yes, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, what minute did he come on though? Was it seventy fourth minute or something like that? I mean, yeah. it's hard to make such an impact like that. They were a man down at that stage as well. Yeah, yeah forcing the issue. And you know, McKenzie's not a player that plays well when you're forcing the issue. When things yeah. are cruising, momentum's high. Uh, you know, the hype is high, and he jumps on that Sevy Reese hype train. Things are good for McKenzie. When pressure's on, he's just. I just don't think he's got that that mental sort yeah. of guy. Talking about the Sevy Reese um, hype train. He was a guy that was largely anonymous in this one, wasn't he? I, I, I it's it, it sounds bad to say this, but after his, after his, when it's only his second season, uh, but I think his, his international time might may have come and gone um, with um, players like Caleb Clark coming through. Uh, yeah, I just whether whether that's uh, gone. I think you're right. I think you're right, but I'm not going to, I mean, like the the problem it comes back to a comment I made earlier. I think you know you got a lot of guys that have been spending a lot of time picking up splinters sitting on the pine right and um and then you're coming in and you haven't played for a while pretty hard to sort of like step it up sort of straight away isn't it and um but i think outside of his performance yesterday you've just you, you saw that you've got players like caleb clark as you mentioned that have actually probably usurped him uh, in mm. that position not not <laughs> really but we say that now, but let's go for 12 months. Are we going to have the same conversation about Caleb Clark? You know, who's the next big guy coming up? That's a second season thing. And we, there was a lot of talk about uh, Tom Robinson, the Auckland flanker. Remember him two years ago? Was that 2019? Was it that he had that massive breakout season? Everyone's like, no, two seasons of Super Rugby before you go to All Black Joe's, you've got to back up that season. He got shafted, didn't he? Boy, he got shafted. And, and now look, he's, Okay, maybe he didn't have that second season, he didn't have that opportunity. But now we see these other guys coming through, bang, straight to the top. Uh, to provide a guy, great, great season, fantastic. 12 months down the track, though, back it up. Yeah, I, I just sort of think, in terms of Caleb Clark, difference. Reese is the wrong, he plays on the right wing, and he's not really what the All Blacks normally take on the right wing, right? He's, he's very different, a very different style player to Geordie Barrett, Israel Dagg. Um, um, ben Smith, uh, ben Smith. It, and even days. Caleb really I was just going to say Caleb Clark's a little bit different in the fact that what we saw from Caleb Clark and we've seen from at him at Super Rugby and then last year at Mitre 10 sort of thing was that he's a player that's um his work rate is high he's always involved he's looking for work he's aerially even though he doesn't look it aerially he's quite good for such a big guy he gets up off the ground and takes that ball. So he's got a lot of skill factors that um, that, that, are, that make you think that, yeah, I mean, like, there's no guarantees in life, right? But you sort of think he's a, he's quite a bit of a, you know, early days, but you can see him being a fixture on the on the wing for the All Blacks. Well, there's death and taxes. But anyway. Um, yeah, but apart exactly. There's death, taxes, and then uh, controversy around red cards. Those those are three, the, the, th the three factors in <laughs> the, th the three certainties in life. Um Okay then, let's look. We, 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 we've, we've, I've managed, managed to keep us away from it for the first seventeen minutes of the show, um, but time to time to get into the to, to, to the red cards then. So um, I know what Arshin's response is going to be because I was sat next to him while he was blowing up during the game. So um, Cornflake, take us through what? the uh, the offer red card. What did you see as it happened, and uh, and then tell us whether you think it was red or not. Oh, goodness me. We, we, well, I mean, to be fair, you can go both of these tackles. Oh, we lost them. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, there is a god. It's my turn. 
Let's start off with offers one. Let's start off with offers one. Just first describe it as to what happened. Yeah, and then yeah no, no, we're going through what happened. We're going through what happened, right? Let's look at what happened in that tackle first. Let's see. Let's talk about the contact area. Now, as we actually see, watch the video. Who makes contact first? Now, I've forgotten the Australian player's name. You'll remind me. No, I won't. Okay. The Australian player makes contact. His shoulder makes contact with Offer's head before Offer even makes contact with the Wallabies player. So, um, hello. Yeah, I don't understand. And the other thing is that the Australia player leads with the shoulder. So the ball is in the hand that's away from Offer. And his leading shoulder makes contact with Offer's head before Offer's shoulder makes contact with his head. Well, okay. I'll, and I'll, then, and out of that, you know, they judge it, Offer to be a red a card. Can we figure? Pardon? There's a forearm on the shoulder that's, um, that's uh, right. But it doesn't matter, does it? It's, yeah. it's whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's with force. It's contact to the head with force. And we have seen attacking players in exactly the same situation red carded as well. Yep. So he then. So yes, yeah, so you're right. So so right. Um, they, they they made um, they made uh, a, a contact. Um, uh, the the, the um, rights led with his with with his forearm. Uh, made contact with with Offer's head. And you can see Offer's head moved to the side. Um, yep. Offer's shoulder then makes contact with um, with 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 the uh, with Wright's neck and and, and chin area. Chin. Uh, yep. And um, uh, and for for uh, and to me it looked also like Wright was um, was uh, was also um, dropping um, as uh, as uh, as well. Now to give the referee his dues in this one. Um, and to compare him to the referee from last week, what he did do was he stepped through what he saw happen, and we mm. could actually understand what he was calling, which was good to see. Right? He said, "Look, look, I've got shoulder to the head. I don't see any mitigation." Now we can we can agree or disagree with him on that one. I think there was in the fact that he was dropping, uh, and therefore it's red. So I can understand why it's red for offer. What I don't understand is why he didn't also look at the uh, the, the the player leading into the leading tackle. shoulder. I don't think his forearm to, to Offer's head sort of made Offer come up to make Offer's um, tackle any less, uh, to, make, to, make, to make Offer's tackle um, illegal. He didn't yeah. cause it illegal. That's by Offer's height um, relative I, to him. Yeah, I have to make it. And the other thing is that I made the comment while we're watching it, and it is so obvious during this game. Now, I want to take a step back, and, and I'm going to agree with something that you guys started with, with uh, Justin Marshall and um, Grant Nisbet's commentary. They are just getting more and more biased as they get old age, basically. And so, you know, that, that's happened there. And that is really obvious what's happening there, too. But in saying that, the direct that game was massively influenced by the TV director. And that, that, is, that is so obvious. That is so obvious. There are numerous incidents in that game that aren't looked at. Numerous neck rolls. Um, arms around ne necks and mauls, and that's towards the end of the first half, and they're not even reviewed or um, looked at at all. And we know how they take seriously they take neck rolls and arms around necks, and they're not even looked at. And every little incident that an All Black player made contact with the head is immediately reviewed. And it's just like it's just like. Hang on, okay. so, so let's let's just so I'm bring Stephen back in. But also, when you when you mean reviewed, you mean replayed on the big screen. Um, oh, look at it, but it, rather, yeah. rather than 
the um, rather than actually the referee. But the influence or, was there. Yeah, yeah, look, yeah, whatever's yeah. happening, whatever's happening in the background doesn't matter. The influence is there, and it's been run by the TV director mm-hmm. in terms of the outcome of the game. And it's like this needs to be looked at. It is a severe issue within the game, and we see it at Mitre Ten Super Rugby, all the levels. And I'm not, I'm not sort of saying it. it you know, it's a Australia thing. It's like wherever the hometown game is being played, and the t- TV director has an influence on the game. Now, that's a topic for another day, I think, rather than necessarily with this. But but because I think otherwise we could we could spend the next half hour on that conflict. Um, you froze just as you were about to give us your opinion on Offer's card. I think I think my PC was just like, oh no, oh no, here it comes. I'm not having this again. <laughs> <laughs> just die, just die. Oh goodness me. Okay, so yeah, without knowing what you guys are really talking about, but I touching on what Ashwin just said after that. After that, yeah, that red card, two neck rolls on all black defenders straight away and a forward pass, bang, 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 in about four phases. And I was just like, why, 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 why aren't we watching this? Why, you know, so much emphasis on on one sort of thing and the other. But yeah, these these cards, okay, so similar sort of thing. I I was kind of talking to myself there for a second there before I noticed everyone else was just like frozen. Um, but similar sort of tackles, weren't they? Uh, the attacking player was still on his way down. Um, I mean, if, if we're going to talk about what sort of card they'll be, I mean, you look at that and you say, well, this modern-day game, you know, I see it on Twitter, Angus Cardner, get your pockets ready because there's going to be some yellow cards dishing out. I thought that that's what we're going to have, um, especially for Toanga Farsi's uh, hit first. I was like, well, that's yeah, definitely yellow. Why are we still you know, going on looking over this over and over again? But, I mean, if we want to talk about the referee in this instance, okay, you gave the yellow card to Toanga Farsi, yeah, you, you can see here, and I've right. seen people go on red. about about the red, sorry. Go on, that's the rules of the game. That's the laws of the game. If you don't like it, well, you know, get stuff because that's how the game is ruled. Okay, well, that's fine. But I think we need to give the referee a little bit of credit, the fact that he was consistent in that call. And you saw, you know, the internet exploded um, when that second tackle hit and it was looking at the big screen. It's like, well, you know, if, if the, the spotlight wasn't on this guy from that first red card... There is certainly a huge, big, glaring one on him right now because if this doesn't go the same, because they were pretty much similar sort of tackles, um, you know, players going I, down, players in the tackle, hitting the head. I disagree. Uh, I disagree with you on that one, Cornflakes. I thought the Australia tackle, um, right? Was it? Uh, what was the uh, guy? The, the debutant, Swindon. Sorry, uh, he actually goes in there with an arm tucked. He's not got looking to wrap the arm, make a tackle at all. The arm is tucked, mm. and he's making direct contact. So his isn't even a legal tackle that he's made. So even without contact to the head, he would have got a yellow card for mm. a no arms tackle. Uh, whereas offers actually his his only indiscretion was supposedly about the fact that he's gone in high into the tackle as opposed to Swindon, who basically went in with no arms tackle. It brings back that conversation that doesn't all that we probably have every season. It's like, you know, how low do you need to go? And although I, I hate low, to say this, <laughs> I really do hate saying that. I thought I'd never want to ever say this, but John Kerwin, it, it was kind of why the fact that you want to go into a tackle. I know, I, I don't believe I always say it, but you want to go in a tackle as the aggressor. You want to go in as, you know, the, the player making the, the aggressive movement into stopping and moving forward. So, you know, moving that attack backwards, getting that momentum towards your team. And it's just, it's it's hard when you've got to be so, I guess, you know, in that Passive. situation, 
he was he was sitting. I mean, you can kind of see it. Tonga Fussy was actually sitting there tackle for a long time because he had another guy right there. He had guys on his other side. He didn't need to move. He was in position that if he sidesteps me, don't worry, there's a guy there. If he steps back that way, there's a guy there. This is my space, and you're not coming through. And I mean, yes, it hit the head. Yes, the yellow card, whatever that. But still, you start to wonder. You know, it's kind of like the whole thing of jumping into catching a pass and, and getting tackled while you're in the air. It's those sort of things that there's just a bit of that, well, grey sort of area of, of the laws, isn't there? I think you've got. I think I think basic players and is. I mean, world rugby is basically saying lower your tackle height, and and the message doesn't seem to be getting across to players um, and or across to coaches. Sorry, because uh, it's coaches who are doing the who are doing the training of the technique to the players um, because they're still trying to tackle around the shoulder height. Whereas actually, guys, mm. you're going to have to take that about three inches down and get down to the sternum, hit there. Then if there's a bit of a drop or if you or if you slightly misjudge it. You're going to hit the shoulders, or you're going to hit the stomach. You're not going to hit the head, um, and I think that that's that that message hasn't got through to the coaches yet, um, because we have. I don't think we've seen a big change in the in, in the way that we're seeing players tackle, uh, and that's clearly what World Rugby is trying to has been trying to force now or trying to cause for about two years. Uh, yeah, it, it, it highlights. It highlights an interesting point, though, as a fact is that you know, and what you cornflakes said before is that, but. How effective are you being if you're tackling around the shoulders? Because you're then going to be more upright yourself, which mm. means that you can't get the momentum to push tackle the, the attacker backwards. You're going to be too upright to actually push him back. You, you, when you get your stance in a tackle situation, if you tackle lower, your body's leaning forward. So your momentum's going forward to be able to hit the attacker and drive him backwards. You're never going to really drive an attacker backwards when you're tackling him around the shoulders. Yeah, but it was also known that they're trying to wrap, the, wrap up the arms oh, so they can't yeah, flow. But, um, what you just said, if you're tackling around the sternum nipple line, hmm. you're still wrapping his arms up. So that's my, unless he's getting his arms up high. And then at the end of the day, you get your sunny bull type way and you used to wave it around <laughs> up above his head and basketball pass it or whatever. You know, you're not going to stop that anyway. So realistically speaking, I don't actually see that point and say like that three or four inches going that, that much higher. What, what are you really that, gaining from it? Good technique, though going kind of away from the whole card situation, Jordy Barrett made some absolutely phenomenal tackles. Yep, um, yep. I can't remember who it was, but he had picked the guy up right in that mid-drift. I saw it going up, and I'm like, he's going to go upside down, and this is going to end a disaster. But thankfully, he didn't. He just absolutely smacked him straight into the turf, fully legal, one of the you know best proper sort of tackles that you kind of want to see everyone. He did probably two or three of them in the match. I thought that... Yeah, you know, that's what everyone should be kind of targeting to do, and and they will just shut the play down, bang. And there's a player who has really stepped up his game, hasn't he? He, he seems to. He, he, he's always had moments, but he's he's kind of had mistakes in him. But we've not seen those mistakes. He's got rid of those mistakes from his game this year. Um, and yeah, he's 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 playing very well um, at this level. I don't know if you guys um, talked about the commentary during those card periods much while I was like frozen like a scarecrow, oh. um, but yeah. Justin Marshall's lost his marbles, hasn't he? I mean, the comments yeah, so going on bit. there. This is a, this is a penalty. This is just a penalty. There's nothing in there. This is just a penalty. I mean, no matter what side of the fence you sit on, if you've watched a game of rugby before, if a tackle hits the guy's head, you're going to the you're bin. You know, if the guy's in the we're air and, and he's it. falling, yeah, you're going to have a look. He's going to the bin. I mean, yes, okay, the the whole yellow and red thing, whatever. That's always going to be up for discussion. But you're going there. You're knocking the guy in the mug. It's a yellow card. Uh, to to argue that it, you know a penalty or not even that, you know, let's move on. 
yeah, he, he, they they need to be realistic here. They they're getting a bit too you know like the Aussies. I think like they are getting pretty, yeah. pretty biased. Um, yeah, I, biased I, for years, but I, I just think Marshall just has lost his marbles in that game. He had, he had a shocker. Yeah, yeah, I actually did allude to that while you were um, impersonating Elsa being frozen. Um, I actually did. I alluded to um, the fact that I, I think that you know Nisbo and uh, Marshall are, are basically just getting um, more and more biased as as the sort of the age is going along. And and then the um, comment at the uh, end about how the two same teams that that was was terrible. Uh, lots of comments throughout the whole game where you're just like, come on, guys, you know. Let's let's be a bit more open minded. Let's be a bit more, you know, say what the action is, say it how it is. Uh, let's be let's be real about this. Yep. Yeah, and Boa mentions in the live chat orange card. Boa, I'm sure we can discuss that on Tuesday on the Driving Mall show. Um, as whether whether we need another color of card to make things even more complicated because it's all what, just too what happened to the blue card? Wasn't there a blue card coming as well? Oh, uh, there, is a, there is a blue card at grassroots level. Yes, uh, um, HIA, like... right? Sorry, the blue card for HIA. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something I um, mentioned on Twitter that I did want to bring up to you guys. Why is well, it that rule that was in? One of the things you said earlier, which was credit to the referee here. Two things. Okay. One, as you said, he was consistent, and two, he was clear with what he was doing. He was he, um, now people in the ground won't have heard it, but as we could hear on TV, he stepped through and explained exactly why he was making the call. You could, you could, you could, you, you knew why he was making a call. Whether you agreed with the decisions he was making at each stage, that's that's the other thing. The referee last week with the high tackle, Dungunia's high tackle on, not high tackle, sorry, uh, contact in the air on Caleb Clark and coming down, he was just like, uh, yeah, make contact in the air. That ah, looks all right. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 mate. Look, you've got a framework like for high tackles for contacts in the air. You should be. No, I disagree with you, Paul. I disagree with you. And I'll give, um, I think O'Keefe wasn't it last week. Um, he actually made comments that they felt that Sam Kane had um, impacted the situation. And that's why it was a yellow card. See, Which, I, when we looked at that, he, he, I do. They made the comment along the lines of Sam Kane had had an effect on the play, and that's why it was only a yellow card, and not a red. Now, to me, I don't think he made that clear enough. I, I think he, what he should have said was, um, "We've had contact. He's fallen this way. Any mitigations? Yes, this. Boom. That's why the decision." I don't think I, it wasn't clear to me. No, I thought it was clear. I thought it was clear. I, I mean, because I, we were all screaming for a red card. And then it's just like, well, if he felt that Sam Kane had had an impact on the play, then it's going to be, yeah, he's going to say it's a yellow card rather than a red. So that's why, I mean, I, I, he, he didn't necessarily bullet point it like last night, but he definitely made comment about the fact that he felt that there was an impact from Sam Kane. Yeah, I think he should have bullet pointed. Which was bollocks. Which was bollocks like yesterday when the Australian wasn't dropping. The... Um, um, the uh, yeah, I, 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 we'll, we'll avoid going on to listening to alternative commentary. Um, we've got enough uh, middle-aged white guys um, spouting rubbish on the internet already, um, like me, to go listen to listening to those guys. Um, yeah, you don't want to listen to yeah. middle-aged white guys. Listen to no, middle-aged brown not. guys. The um... <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, um, you were going to talk to us about what about you said on Twitter. Oh, okay, right. Yes, my my noted point here uh, on the whiteboard. Now, there's a rule in Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby AU. Red cards get replaced after 10 minutes um, of the infringement uh, happening. Why is that not a rule that is you know, going to be put through to international rugby? I mean, all the time we had in Super Rugby's, we didn't get to use that rule. Now we have, you know, fourth test of the year. Bang, we could have used it twice. 
Thoughts? I suspect. I suspect it was because it wasn't initially purely an Australia New Zealand competition, or obviously in Argentina, obviously, but South Africa being involved, and it's like now you have to, like obviously Australia and New Zealand using it. Um, now you have to get Austra- uh, South Africa to agree to doing something different, unless they're I, using it in the. Are they using it in the in their Super Rugby competition? Not that I'm aware of. I don't. I've mm. not heard of any of of any changes to the laws for their one. You don't trial laws at international level. Um, well, we've trialed them. No, but we've trialed, trialed them at Super Rugby. It works fine. Yeah, it totally. Great. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was purely because South Africa were going to be involved. <laughs> no, no, both you. Right. No. We had two competitions. What do you call that? We had to get a Stellenbosch to do it. The, the goal line dropouts was rubbish. We, we scrapped them. Yes. Yeah, we, was, we just kept the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> we should have kept the good ones. Should have kept straight, the good ones. So that's the next the, try. You're both mad. Um, you don't trial stuff. You... you, you <laughs> You gotta love it when the one guy d- disagrees and the two guys <laughs> that are mad. <laughs> yeah, okay, absolutely. Remember, this is my show and it's, my it's channel. It's it's English colonialism coming yeah. through again, eh? <laughs> yeah, shut up, the two of you, because uh, I'm the I'm the boss here, and uh, yeah, it's my channel, and they're being muted now. I'll unmute and bring them back to you, everybody. Um, <laughs> sign language. Oh. <laughs> He's gonna get the whiteboard out then and start writing messages. <laughs> Send help. Yeah. Um, before we get on to Southland and spend the next two hours on Southland, um, any, um, any 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 final comments about Bledisloe that you guys want to I'm talk gonna about? I'm going to move on to yellow cards, and you know where I'm going. This is like oh, that okay. shocking that, that before the end of the first half, Australia gets one yellow card, <laughs> infringes straight away, and then doesn't get a second yellow card. That's just nuts. That's encouraging them to do cynical play, which is what they did. Roll on another sort of twenty odd thirty minutes. Scott Barrett gets a cynical um, yellow, a yellow card for a cynical play straight away. What's the difference? They finished. Was oh, that all? Yeah, totally, man. That's I mean, it. that was quite oh, that. Obvious. Oh, jeez. A yellow. Well, I mean, we've we've all, all... What, what, what do you think, Paul? Paul disagrees with me, so we know that. So we, we've, what we've you, graduated. What you... We've graduated from yellow cards to red cards now. So no, we've know, got we're all the other one. <laughs> I, I do agree with you, though. I mean, that whole end of that for ourselves was just penalty city. Like, how yeah. many players are going to get sent off? I mean, the the, the um, well, welcome to country guy was right. Just about was a game of rugby league, wasn't it? When we said 13 on 13 almost. It was, he, he is, that guy is like the mythical octopus. He knows exactly what's going to happen. If he has another game, we're going to be in trouble. But I want to add to my extra little points. We learned um, a lot in that test match. Um, TJ Piranara is not um, one of the world's great scrum halves. How much was Aaron Smith missed in that game? I thought Piranara oh, had, a, had an absolute shocker. Um, yep. yep. The, the Richie Moanga and Bowden Barrett battle will, will go on for another uh, 60 weeks or so after that. Um, <laughs> and Lamapa is not a test player either. I don't know. That, that'll get a few people going, well, won't I think, it? But... I, I think, um, I mean, I, I'm not sold on Lamapi, but I think it's a bit harsh on Lamapi because the forward pack didn't perform like the one that did the previous week. Um, how would he go behind a forward pack that's going to be performing better? How's he going to go behind a forward pack or a half pack that passes out better, if, that performs better? You know, so True. it's it's a bit unfair to sort I'll of someone like Lamalpi, really. Um, but oh yeah, look, I mean, with TJ, I agree with you. I mean, like I I think um, during Super Rugby News uh, we saw the fact that that 
he's not all that he's cracked up to be. And I think if Brad Weber had got a decent crack, he would have usurped um, TJ Perinara as the number two halfback. I, I think Weber with the speed um, and uh, his game management is better than uh, Perinara. He's gone overseas, isn't he? Perinara, he's gone, Japan. I just, yeah. But That's only, good. only sabbatical in the same way that Bowden Barrett has as well. Is, um, has Finley Christie committed to a union yet? We're going a bit he's, off track here, but... What do you mean a union? Well, he's well, a Scotsman, he's... isn't he? Oh, right. You mean New Zealand or Scotland? Yeah. He's, he's Scottish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, I mean, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. so. But no, I, I, I don't think he has actually committed. Hmm. If he's playing Super Rugby, then he's basically committed. But, yeah, at the moment. But it depends on how long is his Blues contract, right? Jeez, there's a lot the of Pacific Island players that play Super Rugby that, that, you know, obviously commit to Pacific Islands, aren't they? So, similar sort of thing. But yeah, TJ's out the window for me. Aaron Smith, number one. Streaks ahead of the rest. Um, see you, TJ. I'm, I'm with you that Lamapiada yeah, had a poor game and um, I'm, I'm yet to see him really do it at international level. So, yeah. Um, but I, 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 I've been a great fan of him, his, and, uh, and thought he should have gone for the World Cup, I think, because and, and things like that. So I, I thought he should have had more opportunities than he's had. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think a bit, a bit too... Perhaps it doesn't doesn't have the 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 range of skills that someone like a good you has. Um, that where, where if he isn't behind a, fo- a going forward pack, there are other things he can do um, to help but, out. Again, to be fair, I, I think when we talk about it, there was no composure, but pretty much for eighty minutes from the All Blacks, there was l- little structure. And where Laumapi actually performs really well is when you've got a nice, even even if you've got a set defence, but you've got good clean ball coming out. Give it to him, and he's that little sort of dump truck that can and just hits that line and goes forward right and it's like he never actually got that a single opportunity in the game to do that mm. in a clean situation it was very messy game right throughout i think it's yeah, going to be I mean, too what, one of the things we have seen uh, over the last couple of weeks is people uh, is is some kane doing really well as captain he he lost his head during this game as well uh and yet yeah, too many players lost their composure um i mean i'm, I'm happy for that uh, to go but i'd say for, on this game's evidence there wasn't enough for me are you talking uh, about the little flick? Are you you talking about the little flick that Sam Kane gave? I just I think he just lost his composure. Full stop. Uh, Scott Barrett also lost his composure. Yeah, I mean, touching like you're lying in a ruck and you put your hand out, knocking out the. Mm. the, the, the that was dumb. Monique yeah. thinks he's dumb. If so, you want to be too critical on them, I think that first little stands where they scored that first try, uh, where Rico stole it from Akira's debut try. I think that was quite composed. I think that was probably the, the best passage that the All Blacks had in that whole match because phase after phase, the defence was set and they weren't going anywhere, but they didn't try a stupid grubber kick or a, a, you know something that is that low percentage sort of play that's never going to come off for them. They just kept hammering away and finally someone broke a tackle. That gave them the opening. That fractured the defence and from there on it just built on. They, they were composed greatly then, I thought, at that point. After that try... There was nothing. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that was in the last minute before the before the Wallabies got under their skin. And that's what I thought. Oh, for sure, but that's what I mean. But yeah. that that yeah. stage of the game, they play very committed. But I think before mm. we wrap up on this game, though, we have a you, you've got to give the the Wallabies enough credit on how mm. they actually played here. And we, we've talked about how the goods and bads of the All Blacks, but isn't it amazing to see that youth of Australia? really standing up. The likes of seeing Angus Bell now getting test caps. How good is Taniala Tupo? That guy is up there with one of the best sort of maybe you know, scrummager and out in the field running prop as well. Um, he's playing exceptionally well. That midfield partnership we've touched on as well. The two Toms, I think, looked 
a million times more dangerous than Haylet Petty um, did the week before. Uh, they they got a lot more ball running around. They were better in open field. They just looked a lot more like they're at home. I just think this young kind of breed coming through this Wallaby setup is great. Matt Phillip, I think, has been the find of Australian rugby this season in their pack and their type five. Uh, he's been phenomenal for them as well. So that Harry Wilson, and they've still got so much more to come from those other young guys as well, the Liam Wrights and, and Tate McDermott. I'm a big fan of him as well. So I think, you know, Australia have got a lot to look forward to. And, you know, their the team looks right. really good. There's actually guys getting performance and is now up at this level uh, coming up to test the match level as well. So, you know, got to give them credit. Can't just write them off. Reply. Right of reply. Sure. I, I, I mean, like, I mean, I've always, I've always gone on. This is like when you look at uh, Super uh, Rugby Gold or uh, Super Rugby AU. Um, I always used to say that. Look, they don't need to have 150 Super Rugby or international level players. They need to find 23 match day players, which, which you know. So th- I, I always thought then they had that within their um, Super Rugby teams. In saying that, I, I think that one swallow doesn't make a summer. Um, and they need to back that up. And unfortunately for us, we're not going to see that opportunity because Argentina aren't going to be competition. They thrashed their B team. So, yeah, what was the score in that game? Pretty frustrating, oh, that, actually. 47-23 or something, roughly. Okay. So, yeah. uh, well, could be wrong. Which is a good sign, and hopefully, hopefully Argentina are competitive, but uh, uh, we're not, uh, yeah, quite a few of us are not holding out much hope for that. Um the, I guess what we also yeah, we, at the beginning of this, we said, look, lots of rotation by the All Blacks. It's the beginning of the World Cup cycle. A lot of players have got experience. It's been good. And we can say the exact same thing about the Wallabies here. There's been lots of rotation. They've used quite a lot of players in these four games. That's going to set them up good for the future. Uh, and I think Dave Rennie has got them playing for him, which is good. Uh, and I think they're heading in the right direction. Um, what does this game mean? We've The result of this game mean, that, yeah, hey, we've got a Wallabies team uh, that's going to be a top three side in the world. Um, going forwards, who knows? We'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, yeah, it is. We, um, they do have to back it up, but I think, yeah, we've seen a lot of change. He's got a lot, he's, he, he'll know his team a lot better after these four games. Um, uh, yeah, things are still looking bright for all of us. He's got so, a shade. Um, you've got five minutes maximum before, um, uh, before we have to move on to some of the other minor 10 cup games. Um, so conflict, go Southland, go. Oh, the, the best best rugby team um, in the Mitre 10 Cup, uh, led by the, the glorious and fantastic leader among all sorts of pigeons and Tony Lamborn. Um, what what can you talk pigeons? about about the Southland Stags? What's that? Pigeons? Leader what amongst pigeons? pigeons? What the, what's that all about? Well, what's you know, what else? Lead, leader amongst all, all sorts of things. He'll lead, leader of he will lead the bellbirds, bellbirds to war. If they get behind him, he will just take anything. And that team is playing for a fantastic leader. Is, is this team any better than last season? Marginally, I guess they've improved in slight ways. But what they have improved in mostly is playing as a, as a team, as a unit and as a squad. Um, a lot of players have come through the team this season. There's been a we'll talk about rotation and things like that. Um, they've, they've used a lot of deeper squad. They've got guys match experience and they've still maintained uh, that decent level of performance. What was probably the most pleasing thing is everyone coming to this game and they're going, oh, it's not pouring refrain in South and what are you ever going to do? It's not going to be a 10-9 thriller. No, the Stags, as we know, they like to play their attacking rugby just because it's not sunny here every day of the week. There is a little bit of rain now and then. But um, yeah, they showed that they had that attacking intent, that ability to run the ball and the players that can actually finish it. But I, I credit that fully down to the leadership. I just think Tony Lamborn is a guy that just just drags those guys through. Uh, Pleasant's Tate 
another one. He is a guy that just just brings that team through throughout. They'll no, do anything. Yeah, those guys. They also, just, a guy we need to give credit to also is a guy you've talked to, uh, interviewed earlier this season, which is the head coach as well. Look, oh, for sure. Second, second season there now. I've gone blank to his name now. Um, uh, Dale McLeod. Dale McLeod. That's it. His second season there. He's been working well with the uh, with the clubs down there. He's been talking to Tony Lambourne since Christmas um, around uh, around having that role and around how they're going to put together a team for this for, for, um, for, for this one. They've had a whole stack load of injuries. They've been bringing in Bush um, uh, farmers. Farmers, Paul, come on. Just farmers. Just farmers, bush okay. Farmers. <laughs> You're farming uh, the bush. They've been farming the bush. Um, so, Going uh, course. So, um, so, so to come and play. Um, so, um, and to... to after what was a pretty poor performance against Manuel 2 last weekend, mm. uh, they've managed to turn things around against uh, Otago, which leaves them still, I think, in with a shout of playoffs, um, which uh, after last season's results, I don't think we really uh, gave any credence to the idea that uh, Otago were in it to win it this year. And if you're not in it to win it, what's the point of being in it? I, I think that was uh, a bit um, wishful thinking is how I saw it initially. But hey, look, they're, they're, they're still in with a shout of, um, <laughs> of the... Uh, <laughs> the uh, other thing. Now, yes, comment there from Oxford saying, "Yeah, Josh Wani looked like he he played drunk." Now, look, Josh has clearly uh, has has had some. Now we don't know the names of the players of the Highlander players that had an issue in the um, in Queenstown, but we do know it was younger players. We do know that he turned up for training. Uh, him and a couple of the play, players turned up for training last weekend, uh, two weekends ago. So not the man or two game the game before that uh, that he missed. Um, because they were not fit to train and therefore they got dropped. Um, uh, let's most, um, Otago do not have that many All Blacks to be dropping an All Black player. Okay, one cap All Black, but, um, uh, but even so, uh, to be dropping players of that quality. Um, they, they came through and still won that game when he didn't play. So, um, uh, look, they, they seem to be, Otago at least taking the right, uh, uh, showing him that, look, if you, if you turn them like that, he's going to get dropped. But yeah, he had a shocker uh, on Friday night. Couldn't hit the side of a barn with his kicking. I think for, for the Stags, they've got some key areas. And Nocturnal's right when he says South and always live for a target. This is like, at the start of the season, you know, this would have been the game. It's like, if we lose everything and win this one game, yeah, that's going to be at least one positive to come out of it. You know, that, that that's the one. That, that's the neighbours. Uh, that's who you want to thump. But you look at that team and the key guys they've got going through this, especially in that pack, when you've got a good players who can win your set piece. We can kick for touch and we can get Shelby Rickett up there, and we can disrupt lineouts. We can do that. We've got a steady enough scrum um, with the Highlanders, uh, who have forgotten his name, um, at, at the prop as well. So key areas, you've got guys at set pieces. You can win your line out. You can compete at the scrum. And you've got some players in the back line that can cause a bit of trouble. Uh, Tatamaki is an electric little player. I've always enjoyed watching him play. He's been here for a few seasons now as well. Uh, guys that can just, you know, big guys that break tackles, and um, create a bit of trouble. But I think it's mainly that pack winning the set piece, being able to disrupt your opposition set piece, and just having a guy that can kick the ball away. Scotty, probably not the first name on uh, any team's team sheet, but still, when he doesn't drop it in his own and goal, he can clear it away, uh, kicks it a long way, and, and does that sort of thing. And I think a Dyer coming off the bench is a, a suitable little replacement as well. But yeah, for me, that type five, Lamborn and a leader, that, that's what makes that team what they are and how well they've played this season. And, and they go in the back line with the big hair. What? And they go in the back line with the big hair. Tatamaki. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, brush up. But imagine, imagine Martin McKenzie going back into that side next year. 
What was sweeter about that was Jamie McIntosh playing for Otago. And How wrong just, did that look? Just rubbing it just in his face. Wrong. It looked wrong, to... didn't it? Running around in the blue like... jersey on it? Oh, in fact, Elliot Dixon put on the you know up the stags, and I thought, yeah, Elliot, next season you're coming back too, my friend. Yep. <laughs> so, um, running through some of the other results: twenty four ten Auckland beat, sorry, twenty four twenty Auckland beating Northland. Um, Ashwin, you were there, and you said, yeah, it was one of the worst games you've seen in a long time. I think. Yeah, I was particularly the first half, and um, I think um, just on the back of uh, Nocturnal's uh, comment about Southland wanting to beat Otago, you know, th- that's their game of the season. Northland, it's it's beating Auckland, right? So it's like they were always going to get up for the game, and um, they're always going to come strong and hard. Doesn't matter; they could have been the bottom of the table and hadn't won a game, and they they still come in and, at, at Eden Park, and they're going to be going one hundred one hundred and ten percent. So um, it wasn't unexpected in that regard, but the. After 20 minutes, both Auckland hookers are gone. And really, the fact that Auckland actually managed to win that game is a minor miracle because effectively they had no set piece. They're one man short because when they lost um, two hookers, um, it went to Golden Ollie scrums, which also meant that Auckland had to drop a player. Because it's of their own doing, they have to drop a player. Uh, so they were down to 14 for uh, 60 minutes of that game. There, there's no... Obviously, before the game, they would have had massive um, uh, confidence in the scrum and in the lineout, and um, and and then basically with the two hookers going depowered scrums, golden oldie scrums. So there's no platform there, and obviously nobody to throw the ball into the lineouts, and so the lineouts became a real um, oh, just a mess. So um, I, I want to say an abortion, but I won't say that. It just became a real mess. <laughs> So it's like, it was an absolute, and this is like the fact, but and there was knock-ons galore. Every breakdown, or didn't even get to a breakdown because as soon as the ball was tossed out to someone, whether it was Northland or Auckland, the ball was knocked on. I got a phone call from my mate who was up in the corporates. He was lucky because he was drowning in his sorrows there up in the corporates. And uh, it's the yeah, like, Drowning with drink, not, 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 not drowning in the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful day, by the way. It was blue skies. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was supposed to be thunderstorms and we had blue skies. Um, anyway, and he brings out, he's like, oh, this is the worst game of, you know, that we've seen for how long? And he was absolutely right. That first half, just absolutely shocking. It, I have to say, and I told Paul this last night, this is like, it started off on a really great, the first, um, first action in the game, the kickoff, the Northland player catches and puts the foot out. And the touch judge missed it. It was like he didn't put it. He didn't put it on line. He put it out, and the touch judge missed it. It was like that. Pretty much summed up the game. And right from where to go. Yep, still left Auckland top of the table though, uh, which was good for them. Uh, Tasman, who was challenging there, somehow managed to lose naught to twenty nine against Canterbury. Um, uh, well, we know what happened there. Draw them. Crusaders management said, like, if you want to get your money, mate, you better let these boys in so they're not relegated to second division. That's a pretty no-brainer. <laughs> it's um, like, you, you can't carry on buying players if you haven't got the cash coming in from the Crusaders. Um, so uh, so I, I, I do not believe, um, before we get sued by lawyers, that's allegedly. 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 <laughs> um, North Harbour versus Counties. Look, that was obviously also in Auckland, but it was we we had some horrible rain and wind in that game. Pretty windy game there. Harbour ten um, 0 up at half time, playing into the wind. Uh, and you got to say at that point, 
playing with the wind in the second half. You're like, hey, this game's pretty much all over. Um, and yeah, Hull went on to win that one 32-5 um, against Counties. Harbour, um, look, really kind of happy. Uh, what, they won five out of the last six games now. Um, let's be honest. After losing their opening four games, I thought they were destined for easy, for automatic relegation, uh, and it was all over. But no, they're playing themselves up in the fifth. They're one point ahead, both both Canterbury and Wellington. Um, and you, and uh, they go they go now down to um, Tauranga next weekend to play Bay of Plenty. Bay of Plenty today against Waikato. Uh, do interrupt if, if you've actually seen one of these games. Want to say something, guys? Because I'm, I'm assuming you haven't. Um, Bay of Plenty versus Waikato. Um, Bay of Plenty came out the, out, out the traps fantastic. Caught a couple of, scored, scored a couple of tries. Waikato, if you listen to my interviews, um, which I'll put up later, um, they may, they thought it was down to basically um, opportunistic tries rather than structures. Not quite what I heard from um, from Clayton McMillan after the game. Um, but Waikato worked, worked their way back into it, got themselves an 11-point lead half of the second half, but then allowed um, Bay of Plenty back into it. To, uh, to lose it on the uh, Hooter 30-33. So anyone who's suggesting that the Chiefs were telling Waikato and Bay of Plenty, here's where the money is, well, let's, um, let Bay of Plenty win. <laughs> we know, uh, well, was, uh, that's not what happened. Cool. Well, we know that Waikato doesn't have any money and the Chiefs don't have any money, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, um, uh, so, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, a really good game rugby between those, between those two. I didn't see it. Did either um, Stephen? You were, you were at um, you're at work. Ashwin, you were also working. So I don't think any of us saw Hawks Bay demolition of um, Wellington. Well, I, I can say that I I watched the the great um, updates of the Tribe Sports um, app going through. So yeah, you know, shout out to Ryan and his lads on that one. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a demolition job, wasn't it? I, was, I kept checking back, and it was like six. It was like three three, and then six three. I was like, yeah, you know, good old fashioned. Um, shield battle here, and shield then oh, hang on, yep, there's about 30 points on the board, and it's like, well, this one's done, put a fork in it, and it was only about half time. So, yeah, I mean, Hawks Bay are showing great guns, aren't they, this season to, to retain that? And that's theirs, they're, they're done. I'll be happy, chappy. Sash Dixon will be in the pub for months. They've got <laughs> their own Philly Shield away for the summer, and they've also guaranteed themselves a home semi final in the uh, championship as well. They currently top the table, um, two points ahead of Otago with Southland doing the uh, Hawks Bay, um, you have to say, favorite there. You have to say, Hawks Bay, fantastic job, mate, retaining that Ranfrey Shield. They haven't had easy challenges. It's not like they just had a you know, whole season of easy challenges. They had um, hard challenges, you know, coming along all the time. So uh, was it, Canterbury was one of them, wasn't it? At home, wasn't it? I think. That was, or was that uh, away? Was Canterbury a home sh shield challenge? Um, let me uh, have a quick... So... so, so they, I mean, like, you know, you're they playing they, Wellington, Canterbury, you know, um, obviously, yeah, uh, so they, yeah, they defended against, uh, so they, they, they took it off, um, Otago, uh, Otago. So, no, they beat some, um, they, they beat country at home before they had the shield. Oh, sorry, um, my bad. So they defended they, Northland, Northland, Manawatu, uh, and Wellington. So, yeah, Northland, Manawatu, not the hardest, um, to be fair. Um, Harsh. Oh, apparently there was a um. Oh, come on! Man, were two bottom of the table, and Northland aren't, uh, uh, are not having a great season. They've only won um, won what four out of their five games. Um, apparently there was an after the whistle melee, which would be a bit um, sort of aggro. 
involved. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, thank everyone who's seen. See, all the people who are watching the show have seen this game apart, from, but all the people on the show haven't. Um, <laughs> this isn't how this is supposed to work, folks. By the way, uh, I promise you. Um, That's because we're supposed to. We're just in there to entertain them <laughs> and argue. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> And then again, I don't think anyone really cared about too much. Manoa two lost to Taranaki in 1935. Um, to be honest, um, oh look, come on, Manoa two. Have anyone won game this season against that against oh, the wonderful Stags? I was going to say, so, but it's like, so how much does Southland kicking themselves for getting tripped up by Manoa two though? Yeah, that, that must that must, that's going to be the old thorn and the poor over the summer, isn't it? If, if you, you don't look make at it the, whole, the whole season, though, look how many games they've lost by one and two points. They started that season over, they lose three of their four, only four games, mm. and they'll, they'll buy, you know, a couple of points in each, every single one. Um, so, you know, their season could have been a lot different. Um, what, North Harbour, they they beat by a point. I'm just trying to look through. Who was it they lost? Oh, Waikato, 10-9 down here. I mean, yep. you know, one kick could have made a, a massive difference there against a team like Waikato. So, yeah, sure, Taranaki lost by eight points. So, yeah, you could pivot. You know, four four games on this this season, they could have actually changed it. But I guess Muller two, given the position like Paul was saying, they probably would have gone to that one thinking they're going to win. But I think home ground is quite a big effect. You know, for a team like the Stags, it's not a fantastic home ground, but it's home. They know it. Normally, the conditions suit them quite nicely, and then suits their style of play. And you know, they they love the old hoardings getting banged. And, so, and, you know, and it else? doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter what the scoreline is at the end of the day. If even if Southland loses, you know that the opposition's going to get a cold shower. Well, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I said it on Twitter at the end of that matchup. You know, regardless of result, it was good to see. You know, th- just the passion and that, that that the teams brought. The fact that they're they're in games, they're competing yeah, um, yeah, to, the, to the end. You know, it, it's that that old sort of thing with, with you know the lower place sides. They don't, you know, we don't expect a, you know, a championship winning team. We know, obviously, we don't have the resources and the money and all that sort of thing. But we just want, you know, 15 guys to go out there and absolutely give it nuggets, you know, give it everything they've got, get the pigeons out, whatever it is that they want to throw out there. And they're doing that. The the crowd, they're getting in there and and they, they, you know, get the niggle. And, and, you know, the, the terraces love when they give them a bit of that. When you get like those hard guys like Pleasant's Tate, which he, he does. So much stuff right, but he does so much stuff wrong, but he gets underskinned. You know, he, he gets offside, but he makes it, he, yeah, it, it affects something. It's not just like, oh, he's offside. <laughs> he, he'll smash someone or he'll push. You know, he just, he's just an annoying um, prick, really. And he does it so well. And you just, you just can't take it off. Him. And that's the difference it makes. And that gets the fans here. And that is what's made the season, you know. Oh, but to be fair, you know, everything else. Business Tate learned all that up here in Auckland. We don't have another half hour of the show to go through all the plays that have left Auckland to play for other provinces. So, um, but we will mention that the wonderful under 21s uh, tournament that was, that was uh, screened on by Sky, um, especially in or of under 21 um, Auckland competition, screened by Sky, especially so that other provinces could steal the players. Yeah. Um, thanks, the, thanks, Guy. Um, next like week, we'll, we'll, we'll be back at 8pm on Sunday uh, look it's a cracking final round of my 10 cup fixtures um, yeah. on the Friday night you've got County Manukau versus Southland obviously Southland need to win that game to make um, make the playoffs who was the only team um, we beat last season Counties <laughs> uh, Counties again another side having a shocking season only won two games this season um, is there a reason why the games are not being played in Palmerston North and being played looks like a Bush League competition <laughs> um, 
No, well, I, I, well, when you watch Northland play next weekend, they're up at um, they've gone they're on far Northland in where? Sorry, Kaikoui. That's it. Um, so look, that's another question. So no, it's taking the game to the people into the into the country. Into, so Southland needs to win that one because look, Northland playing Waikato next weekend. That's not an easy game for Northland. Um, so so Southland could easy could possibly overtake Northland into those playoffs. Northland versus Waikato. Waikato need that game. Um, because they want to try and get to it. They need, want to get themselves a home semi-final. Wellington, Manawa 2. Look, Wellington have to win that, otherwise they're relegated. So that's a massive game for them. Um, Otago, Tasman. Um, look, um, Otago could get a home final uh, and put pressure on Hawks Bay. Um, Tasman uh, um, will be uh, trying to get themselves a home semi-final um, again. So again, that's another big game there. Um, but um, but what? The Crusaders can't fix that how no, no, no. I was going to say, how much, how much is it going to um, really bite, bite the uh, bums of the Wellington guys if they're tied on points with Canterbury, and it's Golden Point that saw them go down to the champ, the second division. <laughs> it will be Golden Point because it'll come down to who beat who, and the result. And Golden Point, Canterbury won. It's that not, down, it's not try. down to um, uh, to, to, to points difference. No, not 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 if it's just um, two teams. If it's two teams. It's who beat who. The um, tiebreakers head to head. You quite yep. Sorry, you are right. Um, of course, makes a change. My colonial um, oppressor doesn't believe me. <laughs> Absolutely, I don't. Um, moving on then to Sunday, Bay of Plenty versus North Harbour. Again, another key game. Both these sides could get relegated. Both these sides could be in the playoffs. Um, their whole season hangs in the balance. Uh, Taranaki Hawks Bay. Look, um, Taranaki. Uh, yeah, I mean, not much to. to not much in this one. Uh, Hawks Bay might need to just um, cement that um, home final if Otago have beaten Tasman. Otherwise, that's one of the few sort of dead rubbers. Then Canterbury, Auckland. Clearly, Canterbury need to win this one if Wellington got anything out of that game earlier to save themselves from relegation. That, that, that is down in Christchurch, eh? Yes, it is. Because oh, yeah, the, yeah, the fake news on News Hub said it's at Eden Park. No, Orange Theory Stadium, well, quite what Orange Theory is. I've got no idea, but there we go. Um, and I really don't care either. It's, a, it's a theory on an ex-president <laughs> of the United States. There goes the sponsorship, jeez. Oh, dear. So, yeah, so look, um, all those games, apart from one, I think, have, have got, have got a, lot, a lot riding on it. Um, it's Yeah, it's a cracking end to the season. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be uh, definitely, guys, do uh, join us at 8 pm while we're talking about that. We'll obviously also talk about um, Argentina's first game in the rugby championship, um, as well um, as uh, we might also mention um, some of the games that are going on um, around in the uh, Autumn Nations Cup as well. Um, yes, yeah, so lots and lots of rugby to, uh, to discuss and to come next weekend. And what's all these flashing hands for, Alfred? Because I was at it, let's highlight the fact because we learnt this one last night as well. The time for the All Blacks Argentina game next week has been changed again to seven pm at New Zealand time because it was uh, nine and it's got it was seven when we had four four teams in it, and then it went to nine o'clock and now it's back to seven. So um, I, I think uh, just making sure that people get that in, into them that the fact is that the All Blacks Argentina game next week is at seven o'clock New Zealand time. Ten past seven, but yes, yeah. to be precise. Got to get some build up. The, <laughs> Got to get plus... ten minutes of build up. That's enough. <laughs> just, ten minutes of Justin Marshall build up. 
So, folks, if you would like to um, support the channel, then please do um, obviously like, comment, all that kind of stuff. We love all that, um, and we will get back to all comments. Um, but um, also, uh, the big, big, big thing you could really help us with is just sharing the shows on the socials, be it uh, Facebook, Twitter, um, all those wonderful places. Um, apparently, we're also on Instagram with our, the Standoff Show. So, if you're uh, yeah, we, we're on the old Insta now um, for the Standoff Show. If you're into your rugby league um, as well, so um, yeah, that's the book. Pardon? It's just where the young ones are. The young people are. Yeah, it's not the, the young book ones. thing, that's isn't that it? Uh, it's the book. Anyway, um, Instabook, <laughs> but it is owned by Facebook. Um, so um, yeah, we don't we, we don't um, do any of that. Uh, what's that? I forgot what it is now. That that, that short video thing. Anyway, but some um, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We don't tiki talky. Um, <laughs> So, right, catch you all tomorrow at 7 a.m. for the morning sports briefing, uh, <laughs> folks. And uh, great to have Cornflake back on the show. Um, yeah, well, we'll put that with Arthur. And uh, don't forget to join him at 8 p.m. tomorrow night for the um, uh, for the uh, swinging from the hip. What are you going to be talking about tomorrow night, Arthur? I'll swing uh, A bit of Plunkett Shield, a bit of IPL, and uh, a bit of Z Pakistan Zimbabwe uh, T20 series. So, uh, sort of almost like a repeat of last week, but obviously getting to the business end of the IPL. Fantastic. Um, catch you later, folks. Thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, have a, have a great start to your week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.